Right now, I just want you to take a moment and visualize. Visualize holding your worries. Visualize holding your concerns and your struggles. There they are in your hands. Your health struggles, your fight with your spouse, your anger with your boss, your children who won't listen, who know better than you, who struggle with their image. Your friends who you just can't seem to agree with. Whatever those worries are, whatever those concerns may be, visualize them in your hands, holding them. What happens as you hold them? Your arms might get tired. Maybe they even start to shake after a while. And all the while, while you're holding these in your hand, your head is filled with endless noise. And yet you hold on to them. You can manage because it will only be a little bit longer. And then it will pass. But the load of the concerns, the, the load of struggles that you have keeps growing and growing as you hold on to them. Now, visualize standing in front of you, Jesus. With all that you have in your hands, visualize Jesus standing in front of you. And he says to you, come to me. Come to me, Scott. Come to me, Tony. Come to me, Gabe. Come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and lay down your burdens. Come to me and lay down your struggles, your cares, your hurts. Come to me, lay them down, and I will give you rest. And you lay them down. You surrender them to God. Your concerns, your struggles, your hurts, your pains given to him. And now how do you feel? Lighter? Open hands? Not holding you back? And, and the noise once filling your mind is gone. It's quiet. There's silence. Could you do that right now? Could you visualize 
yourself, laying these things at the feet of Jesus, like he says he wants you to do? If you could, that's great. If you couldn't even visualize doing it, I get it. This message is for both you who were able to lay them down and those of you who, like me, sometimes feel like we just need to continue to hold on to them a little bit more. As we close out our Summer Refresher teaching series, we're going to take the time today to see that God speaks not in the noise of the law that we bring into our lives and endure, but in the sound of a low whisper. To help us do this, we're going to be in the Old Testament reading that Jill read for us, 1 Kings chapter 19. I invite you to jump right in there. Chapter 19 will be there in just a minute. But I want to bring you up to speed on why we find Elijah where we find him, which is sitting underneath a broom tree alone in the wilderness. You see, Elijah was underneath that broom tree, sitting alone, holding on to his struggles. He was holding on to his burdens, and he was done. Finished. He asked the Lord that he might die. Why? He was ashamed at what he had done. He was ashamed that he had run away. He was ashamed that he did not confront Jezebel by faith. So he lay down, wanting to be done, and he slept. Well, why all this? Well, just a little bit before, we have to understand that Elijah was there as God defeated the prophets of Baal. You see, Elijah had just confronted the people of Israel. He said to them, how long will you go back and forth? How long will you go back and forth between two different opinions? He said, if the Lord is God, follow him. If, if Baal is God, follow him. How long will you go back and forth? The people didn't answer, though. It was just silent. So he set up a little challenge. He set up a little challenge for the people to witness. He said, look, I here am the only prophet of the Lord not in hiding. And, and here, right around here, there's 450 of, of Baal's guys just, just hanging out. He said, let's do this. Let's both sacrifice bulls. They'll do it their way, and, and, and I'll do it the Lord's way. So the people said, that sounds great. It was agreed upon. They would each prepare the bulls and put them on wood. But here's the thing. Neither the prophets of Baal or Elijah would add fire to the wood, would add fire to the sacrifice. Because each of them then was to call upon the name of their God and the God who answered by fire. That is the one true God. So the people are like, all right, let's do this. 
And, and Elijah said, because there's 450 of you, since there's so many of you, why don't you guys go first? So they did. They got their meats all together. They put it on the wood. And collectively, all 450 of them began to call upon their God to show up, to put fire to that bull. But nothing happened. Morning until noon, calling out, Baal, Baal, answer us. But nothing, no response. And then around the noon hour, Elijah got a little bit, not cocky, but kind of snarky. He mocked them a bit. He said, hey guys, why don't you cry a little bit louder? Maybe he's taking a nap. Cry a little bit louder. You know, maybe he went on, on a journey. He's off on vacation, and you got to call him back home. And then one of my favorite throughout all of Scripture, he said, you guys cry a little bit about, a louder because maybe he's relieving himself. So the Hebrew says, maybe he's in the bathroom. They cried out all the louder, and then they cut themselves as was their tradition. They cut themselves, and the blood gushed out. And still as midday passed, still no voice. Still no answer. Still no response from their God. Now about this time, Elijah's like, all right, well, you guys keep doing your thing. And then he picked up his turn, right? So they kept going, and Elijah said, Come here, guys. Come here, you, you people. Come over here. Come around me. And then he said, look at this. I'm going to rebuild this altar. I'm going to take these stones and I'm going to rebuild this altar that you destroyed to the Lord. So he rebuilt the altar. And as he was rebuilding the altar, he built a trench around it. And then he prepared the bowl the way it was supposed to be put, and he put the bowl and the wood on this stone altar. And then he told the people, you see those four jars over there? Fill those four jars up with water, and then come and dump them on the bowl and the wood. And so they did. And he said, go do it again. And so they did. And he's like, nah, you know what, just for fun, go do it one more time. And they did. So, so three times, they filled these jars, these four jars, and they poured all this water on the wood and on the bowl. There was so much water flowing off this altar that it filled the entire trench too. So now over here, you've got Elijah, and over here, you've got the prophets of Baal dancing around and crying out. So now the next step was for Elijah to pray. And he prayed. He prayed that God, the one true God, his Lord, make it known that he is who he is, that he is the one true God, that the people would know him again and turn their hearts back. And with that, fire from heaven rained down, and it consumed everything. The burnt offering gone, the wood gone, stones gone, dust gone, water in the trench gone. The people then knew. They fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. 
Now here's where it gets fun. Elijah sends out the people then to capture all those prophets of Baal. He caught them all, and they were all brought back, and they were slaughtered. Well, word travels quickly when 450 prophets are slaughtered. Ahab ran and told Queen Jezebel, who then quickly in return sent word to Elijah that she was going to do to him what he had just done to these people tomorrow. So what did Elijah do? He ran. He ran away and sat under a broom tree holding all this in his hands holding all that he had to endure in his hands wanting to die now as he's done as he's ready to be gone this angel of the Lord comes to him it gets him some food and gets him something to drink and he eats And he's strengthened for 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days and 40 nights that he spends on the Mount of God, Mount Oral. And there on the mountain, he comes into this cave and he stays there in that cave until the word of the Lord comes to him. Now that's where we pick it back up today. 1 Kings 19, beginning with verse 9, our text that Jill read for us. Here's what it said. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. Elijah lays it all out there. He gives it to the Lord. The burdens, the struggles, the worries, all of it he places before the Lord. And what does the Lord tell him to do? He says, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. Now, before we move on in the text, we got to remind ourselves where Elijah is. God has called him out, but right now, where is Elijah? He is still in the cave. He's still in the cave. See how this continues here with 11b and following. It says this, Behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Why is Elijah still in the cave? If God has told him to come out, if the Lord has called him out, why is Elijah still in the cave here? Let's let's think about this. He's still in the cave because he found no comfort. He found no assurance in the power that God was displaying there. Where is the comfort in wind tearing apart a mountainside? 
Where is the comfort in the earth shaking and breaking around him? Where is the comfort in a fire? Nowhere. Where is there comfort in the word of the Lord? It's not in the law. That's what this is, friends. Is there comfort in the word of the Lord? Is it in the law? No. There is no comfort in the law that God gives to us in his word. You see, God said that the word of the Lord was going to come to Elijah. And the word of the Lord that came to Elijah first was the law. What does the law do to us? It crushes us. The law is a hammer that crushes the rock. The law is an earthquake that rocks our thinking. The law is the word of God that blows down our ivory towers. The law is the word of God that burns, that stings. Elijah could not bear that. He could not bear the tears of the law, so he stayed in the cave. Can we relate? Yeah. We hate the sting of the law. We don't like the word of God to rock our thoughts. We don't like the word of God to break us and shake us up and say, you know what, what you're doing is a sin. You probably really shouldn't be doing that. So we stay in the cave. We hide away. We hold on to our burdens, our struggles, our cares. And yet we notice is how the voice of the Lord was not in a single one of those displays of power. Notice how the voice of the Lord was not in any of those storms that Elijah saw, that Elijah witnessed, that Elijah endured. None of them. Where was the voice of the Lord? In a low whisper. I can barely hear it. The voice of the Lord was in a low whisper that Elijah heard. After all that he had endured, after all the storms, calling out to him. And yet what? Elijah endured first, didn't he? He endured the violence of the fire, the thrashing of the storm, the shaking of the earthquake. All this had to come first. The law had to come. And then in the silence, in a low, gentle whisper, the grace, the love of the Lord calls Elijah out, encouraging him, loving him, and sending him. Friends, you know it just as well as I do. The law comes. Sickness, hurt, death, all sting. 
But God calls us out through this. He calls us out through this, through the silent sheep that went to the slaughter. Through Jesus Christ and his great sacrifice. Through his death, through his resurrection, he calls us out of the darkness of the storm and into this everlasting light. So when Jesus says, come to me, he means it. When he says, come to me, you who are weary, come to me, you who are enduring the earthquake, the fires, the whipping winds of this life, he means it. Jesus, friends, says this to you right now. Come. Come give me your struggles. Come give me your pain. Come give me your hurt. I know what you're enduring. Come to me. I'm here. I'm here. Read it and listen to it. I speak to you. Read it and see what I have endured for you. Jesus says, come to me, but he also says, believe me. Believe me that I give you rest. Believe me that I have rescued you from the storms that come. Believe me that I have saved you from the sin that pulls. Believe me that I have redeemed you through it all. Come to me. Don't live under the heaviness of the law. Come to me and live under the yoke of the gospel. Friends, I can't share this with you enough. Jesus wants you to believe this. He wants you to believe that when you are yoked to him, when you are joined to Christ, you will find rest. You will hear after the storms the gentle whisper of God's voice saying, I love you. I forgive you. I am with you. You are mine forever. You're not alone. God calls you out, he lifts you up, and he sends you out every day in this gospel truth. And you share this truth with others. You go forth boldly and proudly knowing and saying to yourself and those around you those words of Jesus, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.